0: everyone, and welcome to the Menatides podcast. Yes, I am back after about two weeks off. Uh, wasn't feeling well for about a half of the week, and other things were going on, like changes to my Monday to Friday schedule, so I uh, wasn't really able to make the time to record my Survivor Series podcast for last week, but I'm here now. I'm obviously feeling a little bit better, or better enough, and sorry for skipping the week. But... Health is more important, and if my health isn't at least 90%, then I can't deliver the questionable quality of podcasts that you wonderful 34 YouTube subscribers and 3 subscribers on CastBox have become used to seeing and hearing from me. Now, This is part 7 of my Hashtag Release the Snyder Cut series, and for this entry I decided that I wanted to... Talk about the DCEU fans who have made the proclamation that they will boycott all future DC films until Warner Brothers releases the Snyder Cut of Justice League. I have a lot of opinions and a lot of thoughts that I wanted to discuss on that. I'll also talk about some recent Batman v Superman findings from John Aaron Garza of DC Film Hub, as well as discussing a system more broken than Matt Hardy, and that is the Rotten Tomato score. I did touch on the boycott stuff a little bit on my Justice League podcast and video, but I wanted to go into more detail with my thoughts on it here. Not sure how long I'm going to go on this one, but I'll do my best to make it interesting for you all. I might upset some people with what I say on here, but then again, not enough people listen to my shit to complain, so whatever. But before I get started, I wanted to talk about something that I didn't talk about last week since I didn't do my podcast for last week. Last week we lost Stanley, Martin Lieber, aka Stanley. And Stanley was the driving force for Marvel Comics for decades, having co-created such iconic characters as Spider-Man, The Hulk, The Fantastic Four, Daredevil, Black Panther, The X-Men, and many, many more with the help of other comic book legends, Jack Kirby, Steve Ditko, and others that Honestly, I was too lazy to look up. He also actually wrote a series of one-shots for DC Comics known as Just Imagine in which he told his own versions of the origin stories for Aquaman, Batman, Catwoman, Flash, Green Lantern, Justice League of America, Robin, Sandman, Shazam, Superman, and Wonder Woman. If you've never read those, I highly recommend because they are a pretty unique take on these characters. Another thing Stanley would become known for and loved for were his many cameos in Marvel movies and TV shows. And these cameos, they go as far back as 1989, where he played a jury foreman in The Trial of the Incredible Hulk, and has continued all the way to today, 2018, where he was a Doc Walker in the Venom movie. Now, I did hear that Stanley already filmed his cameos for Captain Marvel, Avengers Four, and Spider-Man Far from Home, but we'll have to wait until next year to see those. But Stanley was more than just a comic book guy. He was a man who lived the American dream, came from nothing, and became everything to billions of people around the world. Uh, and as my oldest brother put it, during his little tribute to Stanley, if comic books were a religion, Stanley would be God, and I agree 100% with that. To steal a line from Justice League, he made people see the best parts of themselves. And also, if you haven't watched the documentary on his life called "With Great Power: The Stanley Story," I highly recommend you check it out asap because you will love it. Trust me. Uh, and of course he's not listening to this, although if you believe in heaven, hopefully he'd be up there watching down on us and listening to my words right now. Thank you, Stanley, for all the great stories and amazing characters you helped create, and for all of the wonderful memories that came with them. You are loved by billions all over the world. You will be missed. Excelsior. Now, back to our regularly scheduled programming. If you are a DC Comics fan and you haven't been living under a rock for the last however many months, you probably are aware of a little situation involving a certain movie that was released in theaters on November 17th, 2017. Well, the circumstances surrounding that movie has caused many fans to make the proclamation to boycott Aquaman, Shazam, Joker, Birds of Prey, Wonder Woman 1984, and other future DC films until Warner Brothers releases the true Zack Snyder version of Justice League. Look, if you don't want to go see Aquaman or any other DC film, just don't go see it. No one is putting a gun to your head forcing you to go see these movies. You have the choice to see it or not see it if you don't want to. But to make a proclamation that you will refuse to see any and all DC films in a show of faith and loyalty to Zack Snyder, I can't support that. And, uh, I don't, of course, I don't personally know Zack Snyder, and I don't pretend to, but I am pretty certain that he wouldn't agree with nor support fans boycotting these movies directed by James Wan, directed by David F. Sandberg, directed by Patty Jenkins, because they are his friends, they are his colleagues. By boycotting their films, you are hurting the cause more than you think you are helping it. And again, these are his friends and colleagues. I'm pretty sure he would be very disappointed in all of us for wanting to do that to them. And I understand that you are pissed off with Warner Brothers for what happened with Justice League. I'm pissed off too. But this is not the way to do it. This is the kind of shit that feeds into the idea that DC comic fans are toxic. We were doing just fine with the snail mail campaign, the phone, count, phone call campaign, the twitter campaign, etc, etc, etc. But taking it to this extreme where you are happy to hurt the f- box office revenue numbers of Aquaman and other DC films to me is just wrong. I mean you might think that it will only hurt Warner Brothers, but it wouldn't hurt just them. It would also hurt everyone who worked on the production of those films, it would hurt the director. So it would hurt the producers, it would hurt the writers, the actors, the visual effects team, etc. Even down to the craft's table guy. Because this is their life's work on display in these films. But because a lot of you have become a bunch of entitled little shits, you're going to ignore all of their hard work because you're not getting your way. And like Dave the Film Junkie said, even if they do release the Snyder Cut at whatever point that they do release it, it's not going to really change anything. It's not going to change the course of of the DCEU as we know it right now. We're not going to get the Zack Snyder verse that we had in the beginning, because that is gone now. It sucks, but that's the reality of the situation, as hard as it might be to accept it. Warner Brothers is moving forward. They are focused on the films that are currently in production, pre-production, and post-production. We shouldn't boycott these movies. We should support these movies. And again, I understand that Warner Brothers fucked up with Justice League, and they did Snyder wrong. I get it. But I'm sure that Zack would want us to continue to see these movies and support the DC brand. He would want us to support James Wan's Aquaman, David F. Sandberg's Shazam, Todd Phillips' Joker, Kathy Ann's Birds of Prey, Patty Jenkins' Wonder Woman 1984. Especially because he's a producer on Aquaman and Wonder Woman 1984. So if you boycott those two movies, that's hurting his bank account too. This episode of the Men and Tights Podcast is brought to you by... Nobody. I'm not quite there yet. Now back to the show. And speaking of Birds of Prey, I want to take a quick moment to talk about the casting news of Ewan McGregor as Black Mask. A lot of people are unsure of how to feel about this particular casting choice, and usually that's because fans don't like that actor. And that's not the case at all here. You know, People love Ewan McGregor, and he's a charming guy, and he's a great actor. Hell, we've been begging for him to come back as Obi-Wan Kenobi in a solo Obi-Wan Kenobi Star Wars movie for the last 13 years because we hes he was that great as Obi-Wan and we loved him. You know, it's just that people aren't sure that he's the right man for the part of Black Mass specifically because he doesn't really have that much experience portraying a villain in film and television. I know he has some, but he hasn't really dived in, you know, going feet first or however the fuck the expression goes. But that can actually be used to anyone's advantage, because we as the movie-going audience are not used to seeing him as the villain. We're so used to seeing him as the good guy, as the hero, that he can give us the performance of a lifetime as Black Mask. I mean, I'm excited to see what he brings to the role. And I hope that he will blow us all away with his performance, like Heath Ledger did as the Joker in The Dark Knight. But, you know, we'll have to wait until February 7th, 2020, to see that. And we also learned that Ella J. Bosco will be Cassandra Kane, and as we know through the comics, she is the fourth character to take up the mantle of Batgirl. And I've seen a few people complaining that she's the wrong age to play Cassandra Kane. and I kind of understand that. But what people need to understand is that she's very likely not Batgirl yet in this timeline of the films. You know, that hasn't been confirmed yet, that's guess. that's another thing that we're gonna have to wait until february 7, 2020 to see and also we have some more zack snyder dc film findings this time not just from justice league but from batman v superman as well and john aaron garza of dc film hub posted this photo of superman on his vera with the caption so at Benjamin Everts was wondering if this was the moment where Superman actually went to search for Martha and heard all the voices he couldn't do anything about in BVS, tagging at Zack Snyder on the post. To which Snyder replied, It is a green screen shot. He flies up above the city and hovers. The camera begins to rotate around him as he hears the cries of citywide crime going on, and as we get closer, he is in pain. Because he knows if he tries to find her this way, he will have to ignore the countless crimes going on in the two cities and the world. Damn. <laughs> now that would have been a heartbreaking scene to experience, right? But at the same time, I would have loved seeing it. Yeah, and haters, they like to say, oh, Snyder doesn't understand these characters. Sounds to me he understands them very well. And the Justice League finding that we have it comes from a behind the scenes you know a couple images that Zack Snyder posted on his Vero and he put for the caption a little BTS behind the scenes of how I shot the Motherbox scene in the Wayne aerospace hangar I wanted a constant moving camera so I came up with an eight camera beam splitter rig just cool technical part of the job well as you can see from my youtube people watching this exactly what he had in mind for that and it's just I don't know why it is so many things that were changed from these movies and it's just like you know I mean the more we find out about stuff that got changed in this it's just I mean yeah it does piss me off more and more but at the same time I'm not gonna let it force me to boycott their movies because that's to me, that's just ridiculous to do. But I know other people. That's what they want to do. But whatever. It's it's not for me. I don't want to boycott. It's just uh, see I'm get all worked up that I can't. I don't even have words. That I'm veering f- off the script that I wrote for this. You know. Yes, I write I write scripts f- for these podcasts so that I don't forget shit. Uh, but you know, I'm getting so hot right now that you guys are just, (sighs) let me focus myself back on what I'm doing and go back to what I'm having my script. And it actually brings me to another point that I neglected to talk about in the previous six entries to this series, and that is Zack Snyder having to explain the meanings behind certain things that were in Batman v Superman. And there's actually an account on Vero called BVS Reference. It gives explanation for a lot of the details featured in the film. And it was created because Snyder would often either get tagged in posts by fans or posts of himself, explaining the meanings behind certain scenes or references featured throughout the movie. And a lot of the bloggers and clickbait writers that I hate so much would take these p- posts from him, and they would talk about Snyder doing this, uh, basically asking why does he feel the constant need to explain things about his movies and they would do so in such a condescending tone saying shit like, you know, does, does him having to explain his movies make it make the movie worse? Well, the Russo brothers through throughout the summer of the 2018 were explaining a lot of details from Avengers Infinity War, but I didn't see any of these bloggers writing negatively about the Russos doing it. And this goes to my other point that i've had made in other podcasts and other videos about the unfair bias when it comes to films of the mcu and the films of the dceu and brings me to this next point hey you go to walmart or target or best buy or wherever you buy your blu-ray movies you see the you go to the blu-ray and dvd section you see the mcu movies on display and what do you usually see on those covers That damn Certified Fresh sticker from Rotten Tomatoes. I really hate that so many people put so much faith in Rotten Tomatoes. I hate it so much. Seriously, you have no idea how much I hate it. Their scoring system is bullshit. How many of you have taken the time to read some of the fresh reviews that are on the website? I have, and I will tell you that a lot of them are bullshit too there was even a review from one woman that i read can't remember what it was who said it but but i just remembered that he literally had only one negative thing to say about the movie and it was still a mostly positive review for the film and rotten tomatoes classified that review as rotten because of that one critique only one critique Seriously, it is a broken and flawed system, and I wish people would stop looking at those Rotten Tomatoes scores like they are the definitive standard of quality for movies, because it's not. So, I decided to check out some of the scores on Rotten Tomatoes for some of my favorite movies compared to some of the films of the MCU, and here is what I found. American Psycho, 68% fresh. Captain America, the first Avenger. 79% certified fresh Scarface, 82% certified fresh Ant-Man and the Wasp, 88% certified fresh Inception, 86% certified fresh Thor Ragnarok, 92% certified fresh Forrest Gump, 73% fresh Dr. Strange, 89% certified fresh Halloween 2 from 1981, 30% Rotten. Avengers Age of Ultron, 75% certified fresh. Now, this is just my opinion, but those numbers seem more than just a little off, you know? And if we are to take these Rotten Tomato scores as gospel, like so many people seem to do, then I guess that means Ant-Man and the Wasp is a much better movie than Scarface, right? And obviously to me it's not, but I'm sure you get my point. Or at least I hope some of you do. I mean, seriously, Rotten Tomato scores are bullshit, and if you're s- if you're someone out who puts so much stock, so much faith into them, you really need to learn how to think for yourself, seriously. And please, do not take anything that I'm saying here as me telling you that you shouldn't like these movies. If you love the Thor Ragnarok, that's great, good for you. I'm also not saying that any of the MCU movies I named are bad because I enjoyed them for the most part as well. Like I always say, just because I like a movie, doesn't mean you have to like it too. And just because I don't like a movie, doesn't mean that you can't like it either. You can like whatever you want to like. That's all on you. And I will never tell you that you are wrong for it. Trust me, there are a lot of movies that I love that most people say are absolute shit, but I still love them because I love them. A perfect example for me is Man of Steel. I absolutely love Man of Steel, but a lot of people I've talked to about it think it sucks. That's fine. You don't have to like it, but that won't stop me from loving it. And as I love to say on these podcasts, art is subjective and movies are art. So go on continuing to love your art. Oh, and there was also a Wonder Woman concept art from BVS, uh, which also was posted on Vero by John Aaron Garza. He asked if it was a Nightmare Wonder Woman, similar to the Nightmare Batman featured in the film. Insider simply responded with, no, she's not around at that point. What does that mean? I don't know. Is she dead? Did she step away from the League? We don't know. We may never know now. Because of the many changes made to the landscape of the DCEU that have happened following Justice League. It is very unfortunate that with these changes, we may never know what Snyder's original payoff would have been in the end. But I am hopeful that with these changes, there can only be room for improvement. And that things will just get better moving forward, starting with Aquaman. And I will not be boycotting Aquaman. I'll be there opening weekend showing my support for the DC brand, my support for James Wan, my support for Jason Momoa, my support for the DCEU, and I hope you all will be there as well. Plus, Aquaman comes out the weekend of my birthday, in the United States at least, so of course I wouldn't pass on the perfect birthday gift to myself. And one more bit of news that I has been making the rounds lately, not regarding Justice League, but a highly anticipated MCU film. It has been going around for the last few weeks that next year's Avengers 4 is going to have a runtime of 3 hours or longer. Now, I have two thoughts regarding this piece of information. My first thought was, if this is going to be the final chapter for a lot of the characters, then I want it to be a long, epic story, so that everything will actually mean something once the end credits roll. And my second thought? Why the fuck don't we get that for Justice League? I mean, seriously, why couldn't Warner Brothers just give us that three-hour Justice League we were supposed to get? I mean, they let the entire Lord of the Rings trilogy have a minimum of three-hour runtime, so what was stopping them from doing it for Justice League? Even if it was still, even if it still had all of the Joss Whedon shit, at least it would have been somewhat better because the story would have been would have had more time to be fleshed out and not be so rushed like it was. I know the average moviegoer these days has the attention span of a goldfish, but others who have a great love for the cinema like I do would happily sit in the theater for three hours to see a great movie. I sat through two of the Lord of the Rings movies in the theater without getting up even one time to go to the bathroom or to get a snack. It kept my attention for the entire three plus hours. If the movie is great, the audience won't care how long it is. And please, do not take anything I've said here As me abandoning the cause as far as, you know, with the boycotts and all that. Because that is not at all what I'm doing. My passion for the Snyder Cut is strong. And the movement is not dead. It will not die. Hell, just this past Monday, we flew the hashtag Release of Snyder Cut banner over Warner Brothers Studios. And it was even acknowledged by Zack Snyder himself on his Vero. He he recorded it on his phone and posted it on his Vero. You know... This is very real for us fans. I mean, we love Zack Snyder. We believe in Zack Snyder. We want Zack Snyder's vision to be complete. (sighs) Alright, and that is all I have for you guys today. I hope I didn't bore you all too much with this one, because I know that I tend to repeat myself a lot on the Snyder Cut podcast. But that's mainly to get my point across even more. Has it been effective? I have no fucking idea, that's up for you lovely people to decide. One more thing that I wasn't able to talk about for last week since I didn't do my five Series episode is we got the first trailer for the film Fighting With My Family, which is based on the true story of SmackDown Live General Manager, Paige, and is being produced by Dwayne The Rock Johnson and his company Seven Bucks Productions. I'll provide the link to the trailer in the description below. For anyone who hasn't seen it yet, I mean, I think it looks pretty good, I really do. I especially love that Nick Frost was cast as her father. I mean, to me, that is absolute perfect casting. And that movie will be in theaters around March 2019. Also, how many of you have seen the official trailer for Tim Burton's live-action Dumbo? I mean, I was already intrigued by this film, just for the fact that it's being directed by Tim Burton and it stars Michael Keaton, Danny DeVito, and Colin Farrell, but that trailer, wow. I mean, I have no shame in admitting that I cried just watching the damn trailer. And if the trailer alone did that to me, then i know that when I see it in theaters on March 29th, 2019, I'm going to be a fucking mess of emotion. And I can't wait. And also, the teaser trailer for Jon Favreau's live-action adaptation of The Lion King was released as well on Thanksgiving. Now, the original Lion King is my all-time favorite Disney movie, so this is another one I am definitely looking forward to seeing next year. I mean, the only thing I don't really care for is Beyoncé being grown-up Nala in the movie, but I'm willing to overlook that because I really want to see this movie. It has a lot of other actors being featured that I love, especially James Earl Jones returning as the voice of Mufasa like he did for the animated one. Uh, I can't wait. The little minute-and-a-half clip that they had, I can't wait to see the movie. And also, Baby Simba looks fucking adorable. (laughs) Please be sure to tune in next week, because that will be the raw, real, and uncut podcast that I've been promoting for the past two months. I have no idea what I'm going to say on it, but that's kind of the whole point, and I hope you'll enjoy that. I also decided to rename it This Is Me, instead of The Man Behind the Podcast, because I feel like calling it This Is Me sounds less pretentious. I also want to encourage you all to please check out the periodic table of Justice League, created by John Aaron Garza of DC Film Hub. Uh, he breaks down in great detail the many things that were changed for the theatrical cut of Justice League. And I tell you, when he does his research, he really does his research. And he does it so well in order to provide us with the most accurate information possible. And i'll provide the link to the playlist of his justice league periodic table in the description as well and i'll also put the link to a Rant article titled justice league every confirmed change to zack snyder's vision in the description as well now that was a good read for me and i'm glad to see more of these sites acknowledging these changes now and i would like to conclude this episode by reading to you all the official synopsis that warner brothers has released for shazam which will be in theaters March of 2019. Here we go. We all have a superhero inside us. It just takes a bit of magic to bring it out. In Billy Baston's case, by shouting only one word, SHAZAM, this streetwise 14-year-old foster kid can turn into the adult superhero, SHAZAM, courtesy of an ancient wizard. Still a kid at heart, Inside a ripped godlike body, Shazam revels in this adult version of himself by doing what any teen would do with superpowers. Have fun with them. Can he fly? Does he have x-ray vision? Can he shoot lightning out of his hands? Can he skip his social studies test? Shazam sets out to test the limits of his abilities with the joyful recklessness of a child. But he'll need to master these powers quickly in order to fight the deadly forces of evil controlled by Dr. Thaddeus Sivana. Now, I don't know about you, but I'm digging the sound of that. And I will definitely not be boycotting that film either. Well, as always, please feel free to tweet me at IonFositude if you have any suggestions or questions for me. And I will take all suggestions into serious consideration and I will answer all of your questions on future podcasts. So better send me some fucking questions because there's only so much I can talk about all these damn things. Uh, thank you all so much for watching and listening. I'll see you all next time. Bye you